welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Mike Zibovich. Hi, how you doing? And we are finally back. Sorry for that break last week where we did not have an episode for the first time, but uh, with the holiday, we were all on vacation and enjoying the nice weather uh, going about the world. Uh, in today's episode, we, Mike and I would like to get into a couple of under-the-radar under radar guys. Uh, we want to get talked about some guys that you, you know, mo- as, as Dynasty owners, we all know everybody. But some people that might be, you know, not as, not, not as valued as highly as we think they should be valued. Um, so some of you guys might be really under the radar, and some of you guys might, you know, at least try and get them up on your boards a little bit higher. Yeah, maybe like guys that, uh, uh, younger guys maybe getting their first opportunities, or maybe some older guys that maybe you're just, you know, maybe haven't done so well recently that you might be down on, and we'll tell you, you know, if we think we're, if they could come back or not. Yeah, um. Like, I want to get, into, like, for first of all, this is my number one under-the-radar guy. You don't even really see him on ADP boards. Uh, he goes undrafted pretty much in redraft leagues. Andrew Hawkins, wide receiver, Cleveland Browns. Um, I really think this guy is going to be a PPR monster. Cleveland has no receiver help right now besides Jordan Cameron, the tight end. The, the receiver co- coach has already come out and said they're going to use Hawkins all over the place. You know, they're going to see him outside a little bit. And he's not going to be limited to the slot. Hoyer compared him to Wes Welker when he was in New England. And he really shined at OTAs. And he's really going to, to me, he's going to, besides Jordan Cameron, has a chance to lead the team in receptions. I think he's going to be that quick uh, hit for the Browns offense. And he's just going to be a PPR. I think he's going to be a complete solid wide receiver three that you can start week in and week out. And this is a guy that nobody's talking about. He's barely getting drafted completely completely under the radar guy and he could be had for cheap again not a superstar but something that i guarantee you're gonna be able to start week in and week out at wide receiver three high end wide receivers three numbers i see him putting up possibly as good as low end wide receiver two numbers it's too bad that uh josh gordon isn't around or won't be around for this year because I, I mean grant i i totally agree with you when we were talking about like doing uh you know, under the radar guys, you took this one to the extreme. This guy, he's really under the radar because most guys you would think in dynasty, like in our league, everybody's drafted or accounted for, you know? Mm-hmm. So like to find a guy that might not go drafted or be available on your waiver wire or whatnot, then that, that's pretty deep. I, I think he, Hey, the Browns have no wide receivers. I think he m- might've benefited a little bit more if Josh Gordon was, wasn't, uh, or w- if he was there, you know, but, uh, Hey, the Browns got no one else to throw to, so somebody's got to get the catches outside of uh, Jordan Cameron. So he's going to get every opportunity to shine. Absolutely. He's going to start. The Browns are going to run the ball a ton, and we know that uh, as well, but they're going to have to throw the ball. and they, they know they're going to look for some balance, and I see Hawkins being the benefit. You know, it could be Nate Burleson. It could be Miles Austin on the outside. They could end up going to get another wide receiver, but, you know, for sure we know Andrew Hawkins is going to start. Again, he looked great in the OTAs. Um, the wide receiver coach has really talked him up. I think Shanahan's going to utilize his skill set. He's explosive. Uh, and, you know, in 2012, he, you know, he played 14 games and he had 51 catches for 533 yards. Um, he was averaging 38, you know, yards a game. 
and he had four touchdowns. And that's what I'm really kind of I'm looking at. And that's when he was just not even a focal point. And I think really, honestly, I think in the receiving core, he's going to be, you know, besides Jordan Cameron, one of the focal points. So I can see him getting close to that, you know, 70 yard, 70 catches for about 1,000 yards this season, which, again, would put really, really good wide receiver three numbers. Wow. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I see that much. I, I don't know. 1,000 yards is a lot out of him, I feel like. He's one of those smaller wide close. receivers that we under. always talk about. Yeah, I would I would take the under. I'm not saying that, hey, don't take a shot on him. I like him as an under-the-radar guy, like you're saying. I, I just think like maybe those stats, just for me, in my opinion, is maybe just a little lofty. Well, for Rich Dotson, he's my number one right. under-the-radar guy. Yeah. I mean, He's just, again, he's somebody that I guarantee he could be had for really cheap and just go about it in a nonchalant way. Like, hey, I need receiver help. Um, let me get Andrew Hawkins, you know, like on a chance that he might play in Cleveland. Uh, yeah, absolutely. With the thought uh, of, like, you're going to start him. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I just don't, I'd be a little, maybe I'd take the under on the 1,000 yards and the 70 catches. Yeah, but yeah. I think he's going to be a focal point of the offense. He's going to start, so. Absolutely. And, again, so I, I definitely recommend going out there and getting him and getting him on the cheap. And if you don't believe me, go ahead and sit him. Go ahead and sit him for week one, and then I guarantee you by week two he will be in your starting lineup. So that's my number one guy. Mike, give me a guy. Um, I kind of went like a different route. I one of my uh, under the radar guys going completely opposite. Someone that's been around the the wire a little bit, but had a rough season last year. But I'm expecting a bounce back. And if you need a QB uh, that might be had on the cheap just because maybe people think he could be heading on that decline. It could be father time. Eli Manning, Mm -hmm. horrible season last year. Horrible. Horrible. I just, I I don't think he's done yet. Um, You know, last year he had 27 interceptions. I mean, that's a ton. You know, we all know Eli is prone to throw an interception, but geez, oh man, that is like to the extreme. They added offensive weapons in the offseason through the draft, wide receivers. I I think Eli's going to have a bounce-back year. Tom Coughlin runs a, a tight ship. It, I think it just got away from him. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, and you know, right there as well, I would say not last year wasn't a great year. I'd honestly even say the year before that wasn't the greatest year ever either. He was low on touchdowns, 26 to uh, 15 interceptions. It was almost completely opposite, though. Last year, 18 touchdowns and 27 yeah. interceptions. Um, I, the last two years, he was under 4,000 yards, but he was right on the cusp, um, whereas the, the year before, like 2011, he almost had 5,000 yards. Um, I think he's going to be more towards that uh, I think he's. I think he's gonna have a bounce back year. And it's Ben McAdoo, right? That's coming in from uh, Green Bay, right? As a coordinator, yeah. which is gonna open things as well. Um, I, I remember I had Eli Man in on a, a league. I think it was a redraft like two years ago, and he, he killed me. Yeah, and that's what I was saying two years ago. I'm very familiar with him because I, I don't really have Eli Man in my dynasty teams. Right, I had Eli in a, in my redraft, and it and it killed me. Yeah, you he's, know, he's been a killer these last two years. Right, and you know, this year they're bringing in Odell Beckham. Uh, they which, have Victor which Cruz. is going to be huge. I think two good that right there. That's great. I think right? I'm not as big. You know, some, if somebody's putting like they had a show and they put Ruben Randall on this list, I'm not really big on Ruben okay. Randall. I don't really like the way he runs his routes. Okay. Uh, but you know, then their tight ends kind of up in the air. They have Adrian Robinson as well. But yeah, yeah I mean, I understand what you're saying. Is like a bounce back. That's like say for example, you're a guy like in our in our league. Uh, Eli G- just got traded. 
Right. I mean, if you if for you, Riley Cooper, yeah, if you if you need a quarterback, if you're one of those guys, you know, every league has that team where you need that, uh, you know, that filler quarterback for a year mm-hmm. or two, and he could be had cheap because I'm sure whoever has him is probably frustrated based off the last couple years of production. Absolutely. So I'm kind of just going in a different route, um, you know, maybe like on the other end of the spectrum, but somebody okay. I think they could have cheap that you could be ha- they Super could be cheap. had cheap and could potentially have a bounce back year. You know, Eli can put up the yards. He just got to cut down on those interceptions, like to the, you know, there's no way those interceptions go up from there. No, you can't. You're not starting anymore. If you throw another 27 interceptions. Right. And I think he's only 32. I, maybe he's going to be 33 this year. So it's like, Hey, he's not, I don't know. I'm not ready to say he's done. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice, like, under the radar, it's bounce back kind of guy. Right. Uh, ma- yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I have one of those guys for you, too. I'm next on my list. list. Uh, Steven Ridley. Um, again, I mean, this guy blew up in 2012, rushing for 1,263 yards, 12 touchdowns, um, had six receptions for 51 yards, and he averaged 4.4 yards a game. And Steven Ridley was a dynasty darling. And now, right. I sold. I had Ridley. I drafted Ridley in my rookie drafts, and I sold Ridley after that year. And I sold. I sold high because I was like, I wasn't a huge believer in him. Right. I I like to sell high on that. I I really do. Um, I just have a thing like I don't know if it goes back to when the Patriots had Lawrence Maroney. I thought like oh that. You would assume because you have a great team, and if you put a guy on a great team, like, oh, this guy is going to be a fantasy stud or whatever. And it just seems like the Patriots just, they bounce around from running back to running back. So, like, in that instance where Ridley was the fantasy darling, I, I would have sold high because I wouldn't have thought that, and I didn't think that he could repeat the production just because the way Belichick and the Patriots run off, the, the running backs don't mean that much to him and they're interchangeable and they always find somebody to do the, do the work. Yeah. And LeGarrette Blunt came in last year. Right. LeGarrette friggin' Blunt. Right. But you know what? Now LeGarrette Blunt's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, James White's been hyped up. You know, Dan, Dan wrote a great article on James White for our site um, on dynastynerds.com. You're going to want to check that one out. And, LeGarrette Blunt came in, and he came in the games where he was actually startable in some fantasy games when he did play. Right. And, you know, now he has Shane Vereen back because Shane Vereen wasn't around in 2012. which So everything's pointing against kind of Ridley. He's got to share carries with Vereen. He's got to carry, share carries possibly with James White. Well, I think James White's kind of going to be on a back burner this year. Ridley's going to a contract year this year. Uh, last year was a huge disappointment for Ridley. That's what everybody would say. It's a huge disappointment for Ridley. But he still managed. In the 14 games he played, now he played 16 in 2012 for that 1263. Last year he played 14 games, had 773 yards and seven touchdowns. And he, his average was right around the same as 2012. He had 4.3 instead of 4.4. Yeah. And he brought his receptions up last year in those less games with 10 receptions for 62 yards. So I think what was that was really was his early, you know, he got into, he got into Belichick's doghouse early. Yeah. And that was the end of him. And, but as the season went along, Ridley had a couple games here and there. And I think he's going to be motivated this year to show that he could still be an NFL starter and running back. Uh, he could probably be had for pretty, you know, not pretty cheap, but he could be had for cheaper um, than compared to what he was going for in 2012. And he's one of those guys that I think are under the radar who's going to have one of those years. And now I'd also say this. I'd, I'd buy low and then sell high after this year again because I think he could do the same thing that he did in 2012. That's, and, and that's what I think. I mean. Will it be twelve sixty three? 
No, but I can see Ridley easily getting back to that double-digit touchdowns, low double-digit touchdowns, and getting about 1,000 to 1,100 yards this year. Yeah, I can definitely see double-digit digit touchdowns for sure. I just wonder if the carries will be there to get him up in the yardage, but I could see him getting the touchdowns. Cause that, Which is it, important. Yeah, because it's evident, like, based off of, I mean, he almost had half the carries from one year to the next, and he still put up almost as many touchdowns. So, I mean. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. And, you know, Vereen's not a number one starting back. No, he, He's a versatile not. back that's going to be a situational back. So better for your, better for a football team than your fantasy Absolutely. Team. And, and Vereen, I think he'll get, in the PPR leagues, he's definitely startable. Non-PPR, no. But, you know, Ridley somebody that I bet you can, you know, you can make Bill get for the price that you like, and he'll exceed the numbers that you're paying for this year. And he's one of those guys where everybody knows the name, it's like we're on Cheers, but <laughs> right. uh, he's he's still under the radar and undervalued. I don't know about undervalued for long-term success because I don't believe he'll be back in New England. I think they will go with James White. So it's all going to depend, you know, buying him. You don't know where he's going to end up in 2014 or, I mean, I'm sorry, 2015. But for at least 2014, I think he's great value uh, in redraft leagues, and he's just under the radar for what you can do. Uh, this year, and I think he's some of those one of those guys you should go out there and get. Um, like moving forward, like my next guy in the in the running back realm, I I thought uh, might be under the radar is uh, from the Lions, Joyke Bell. Okay. Um, not you know, not too under the radar. Right, but he's the number two. He's on on paper the number two guy behind Reggie Bush. And I would right? I would agree with this, where I'd say most people would take Reggie Bush ahead of Joyke Bell. Yeah, absolutely. I would take Joyke Bell ahead of Reggie Bush. Right. Significantly yeah. ahead of Reggie Bush. I think, like, long-term, I mean, the Lions just committed to him. He's younger. They just signed through a three-year mm-hmm. three-year deal. Um, I just think for the long-term, I mean, he had all, almost 1,200 yards from scrimmage last year. Catches the ball great. Catch is a great receiving back. I think he's just going to get better. Um, Wayne State. Yeah, I... I like him. I mean, granted, like the he's going to be splitting carries with Reggie Bush, but I think it's it's possible as the time goes on that I think he's going to outproduce Bush this year. I agree with you a hundred percent on there. So, I and I get your point under the radar to a point where some people might be listening to him like under the radar. Joey R- Bell's under the radar, but just as many people be like, oh yeah, really? Joey Bell better than Reggie Bush? Right? Because I think like just the majority of people, like you know, the diehards are going to know about Joey Bell. You know, Correct. but I think like. You know, for your your standard uh, fantasy football guy that uh, you, you know, if you just wrote the names on paper and just, I guarantee more people would lean towards Reggie Bush. But like the diehards and you know the probably the people listening to the podcast, they know Joyke Bell. Mm-hmm. They would take Joyke Bell. I think Joyke Bell's gonna steal like in redraft leagues. Right, absolutely. It, I think he'll be he'll be harder to obtain. I think definitely think Joyke Bell is gonna be harder to obtain. In yes, a dynasty league. in a but, trade, right? But. You for again goes back to like Stephen Ridley. You might not have to give up what you, as much as what he'll give you back. Right. So I, I understand that point is under the radar. He's somebody out there you you probably should go because I can see in 2015 he's their number one back. Reggie Bush out of the picture completely. Yes. And Joyke is the number one back altogether. Right. And so for dynasty purposes, I just think like the long term over that three year deal, I think he's going to pay dividends. Get him now. And I th- and I think like next year will be the year where you reap the rewards of because I think by then Reggie Bush will be pushed to the side. So. 
Yeah, and so that completely fits what we're talking about here then. I mean, uh, especially then if anybody is listening for, because I know not everybody listening is strictly dynasty. You know, there mm-hmm. is redraft listeners out there. I think for a redraft league, it's somebody you can get on the cheap that, or, you know, later in your, later in your rounds that people, because I think people draft Reggie Bush before they take Joy Bell. And I think the production will be at least equal, if not better, at the end of the season. Yeah. And somebody I'd throw in there, Again, I agree. I'm gonna I'm go with you and agree with you on that, George Bell, because I think he's somebody that should be had now because his value is only going up. And you know, now somebody whose value is not going up, who I'd put on that radar, kind of someone as well, is like Pierre Thomas. Like he fits right. in that as well. Where, yeah. You know, his value doesn't hold value um, because he's 31 and he's older. And but for this year, Pierre Thomas, I think is going to do great numbers. I think he's going to be running back number running back one number kind of guy. And I really think he's somebody that could probably, again, might not be had for cheap, but he is being undervalued for what he's going to produce this year. Um, You know, guys like, just like you said, Joyke Bell, uh, Ben Tate, and Pierre Thomas are guys like in redraft leagues that I'm sitting at. I'm not, I'm not looking to go running back one uh, early in the draft, unless I have like, you know, unless like LaShawn McCoy's in there and maybe kind of big on Monty Ball too, but, my target is to try and get Jimmy Graham uh, early and get go wide receivers, and I'll wait to the fifth, sixth, seventh round, and I'll, I'm happy to roll with guys like Pierre Thomas, Joyke Bell, uh, Ben Tate is my starting running back. Right, because the the drop off, those guys are all going to be put up around the same production value. Whereas when you go out and get Jimmy Graham, you know the next tight end, well, outside of Gronk, let's say, so the top two guys. There's that huge drop off. So like like you said, I, I like that strategy a lot. Yeah, that's you, my, you know. I always have I always try to get my strategy going for my redraft leagues early. And then like I've been doing already doing a lot of mock drafts for online just to kind of see where everybody's leaning towards right now. Okay. And then that's already the formula I've formatted this year. It's like, wow, Pierre Thomas is going way too late. Yeah. A guy like Ben Tate, yeah, because everybody's on a Terrence West train, and I'm on. I like Terrence West too. Right. I think Ben Tate's gonna be the starter. Oh, I, I do too. I think, and it, it, by all accounts, it seems like at Ben. T- I I think Ben Tate's gonna be a monster this year. I, I think, think so too. Uh, I I like Terrence West, but I think he's obviously he's the he's more of the long term uh commitment. Um, I just think short term Tate's gonna have a a great year, and you can get him a little bit later and secure that spot. For someone like maybe like a Jimmy Graham or something like you know at the top of your draft board. So. And now somebody who's now somebody who's not on the right now. This is another guy whose name for my redraft leagues I've seen now over the last month I've seen him go higher in these drafts too. But my whole target was you know besides those three games we mentioned Ben Tate, Pierre Thomas, Joyke Bell, mm-hmm. Lamar Miller. Right. Uh, I I wanted to put him. This is funny because when we were talking about and this is just me being a homer. I I wanted to go anti homer and not mention Lamar Miller for this podcast. Cause I feel like I always talk about hurricanes guys and especially I've been hoping and praying Lamar Miller finally comes around. Cause he's my dynasty guy and he's, uh, he's on my team and he's a former hurricane. So I really got some, you know, interest in him. I like him. Strong ties, strong ties, but man, with no Sean Moreno out of the picture and this being the make or break year for Lamar Miller, he's got to produce. And if my, if my money's on, I, I think he is going to produce this I would, year. I agree with you 100%. I, am, uh, I agree. I am a Lamar Miller fan. Um, I don't think Noah Moreno would do anything in Miami. Right, and he's out for a while. So it's like, hey, Lamar Miller, it's his, it's his job and to We have. all know Daniel Thomas is 
garbage. Right, and the thing that just kills me about it is, man, why were they not giving Lamar Miller all the carries last year? It just it was mind-boggling. Well, and before the offense, he was in the wrong offense last year. Right. And now they're bringing that offense in where they're going to be, you know, Lamar Miller's best utilized outside. Yeah. And that's what they're going to do this year. And last year they just completely used him not how he should be used. And they've already changed that direction where they're going to use him uh, and he's going to get a lot of outside carries and get outside. And I think, again, a, you know, for a nice low end with possible high end running back two numbers, Lamar Miller, one of those guys that you can ha- have later. Again, maybe not dynasty as cheap as you want, but still that will outproduce of what you pay. And that's what it all is, is what do you give and get in return? And right. you, know, you pay less than what you get back for what you get back. Yeah. You know, so. And maybe, and maybe, uh, you know, since Lamar Miller has underperformed, um, you know, maybe an owner in your league might be disenfranchised with them. You Absolutely. know, and just be like, ah, screw this guy. He's not. He's not coming back. You know, you I mean, him with somebody that maybe that he the, the guy does, you find his weakness on his team, and you give him a guy that's a little bit older, in solid, but not not. Or you have an abundance at a position. Exactly. You can or get give rid him like of a some. Ruben Randall, right. Something like that. Someone like that might not Randall. fit into your ter- team long term. And, you know, it just like, you know, might help benefit that team. And it's an excess point for you. So you might want to be able to make that move and take a shot on someone like Miller. Yeah. I mean, all four of those guys. I mean, we'll get that into when we do our redraft episode. Um, but that's a, definitely the strategy I'm leaning towards this year is take, going. Heavy on those PP, you know, almost all my leagues are PPR leagues, anyways. But yeah. heavy on those really talented receivers and tight end, and maybe even try and get like a Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford in round six. Right. And then in the meantime, filter in the Pierre Thomas, Ben Tate, Lamar Miller, George Bell, and then when at the end of the year I'm collecting my money and trophies, then I am uh, the one with the last. Right. Thing. You got to draft the QB in round like six. I mean, that's just Every the way. Time. Yeah. That's what I I mean. you'll, and you'll see there's guys out there this year, and I think his ADP will go up, but like Matt Ryan. Um, I don't know if we could throw him under the radar because you definitely can't get him in Dynasty, really. No. Get. But yeah, because he's, he's huge definitely a bounce back. Right, exactly. So who do you got? Who else you got over there? One other guy I got, uh, it, and again, it's like kind of, you know, I took the under the radar maybe a little bit different than you did, but the, another guy I have is, uh, is Torrey Smith. Mm-hmm. And, reason, and maybe like the same way as uh, Lamar Miller. I mean, Torrey Smith's been good. Like when he was a rookie, I think like, for dynasty, I think he was highly touted. Mm-hmm. He's been good. I don't think he's been great though. No, not at all. But he's in a contract year, and I think he's good enough. And now he's got Steve Smith and a couple other things going on there. He's the number one. He's their number one. I I just expect like I think this could be the year that Torrey Smith blows up and has that what we've maybe been waiting for you know forever i've been trying to make a move in our dynasty league to obtain tory smith and then this last year i kind of just like gave up i'm like and not because i can't get him it's just that i'm just ah he he's not doing what i expected him to do and he has not he hasn't lived up to my expectations personally what i thought he was going to do to me tory smith to me and what he will always be to me is a wide receiver three and that's all that he's produced. And that's and for me personally, that's, that's all. Now, again, this could be, you know, year four. Or is this year five? This is year four for Tory. And Yeah, year four. And you're right. Maybe this, you know, because most receivers take three or four years to really hit that peak. And maybe this is what he needs. But 
The biggest problem I have with that is he was like last year, he was the number one. Right. And then he put up the yards, but he only had four touchdowns. Yeah. You know, so. And, uh, it, it kills it, it, and that's what Baltimore likes to do. And now with Dennis Pitta coming back. Yeah. And they signed Owen Daniels and, and Steve Smith. Again, I don't see, think Steve Smith is going to be a huge hurt to Torrey Smith. It's just he's one of those guys I see is more of a vertical threat. He doesn't have like a huge route tree. Right. So for him to get to where you want him to be, he's going to expand his route tree. And I guess this will be the year we see. So if Mike's telling me that he's one of his under-the-radar guys and that's what he's going to do this year, then, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll go with you on that. Um, I'm not really big on Torrey Smith. He's, one of those, he's literally one of those players in every redraft league I avoid, and every dynasty startup league I avoid. He's just one of those guys that's completely – off my radar he's yeah. just one of the guys because again i just i just see him as a wide receiver three and for where he usually goes he goes where i had you know again i i could see andrew hawkins putting up tory smith numbers this year Dude. and he could be had at the end of your draft compared to round six or whatever you're gonna get him I mean, tory smith still put up 1100 yards last year receiving but the thing about it is he only had four touchdowns which is just which is not good any receptions What's that? How many receptions? 65. 65. Right. Which isn't... Which which shows his big... That's what what he shows me he is. He's like that that early stage, not as more explosive touchdowns to Sean Jackson, where he realizes, you know, he'll get you you 100 yards in a game, Mm -hmm. but he's only getting you four catches. Yeah. Um, His receptions, I mean, he had 50 and 49 his first two years, Mm -hmm. and then 65. So So he's been going going up. Going better. He had... (laughs) He had uh, 841 yards and 855 yards his first two years. And then he had 1128 when last year. Left, yeah. So, so that's a step up. But his touchdowns went from seven there. to eight down to four. Well, yeah, now, is, you know, I don't watch all the Ravens games. You know, we're watching Browns games. So, you know, is the cover, is he getting double teamed? Like, is that why? Is he all the attentions on Torrey okay. Smith? The Ravens on a whole just took a step backwards Huge. last year. Um, I just think... Uh, He's shown year. signs where he stepped up a little bit each year. Um, and, and I totally agree with you. He's totally worthy of wide receiver three. I just think this year, being a contractor, we know most guys step their game up for those contract years. I could see another step up all the way around the board, and I expect the touchdowns to go up a little bit, and I think that he might put up a little bit more than wide receiver three numbers. Just like we were saying before, you, you pay but get more for what you pay for. Right? Yeah, and, and not you know, I drafted Torrey Smith in one of my other dynasty leagues in the first round, and last year before our before the season started, I ended up trading him for a first round pick this year. Oh, and that, I took uh, I took uh, with that pick, I took Carlos Hyde, and I eventually traded Carlos Hyde for Torrey Smith, and it was good. I just that's where I see him, but I definitely see now you know going into it the contract year being the number one there. Uh, he'll. If he does good enough, he's you know he's not likely trying to get paid by somebody else. So likely get paid in Baltimore uh, to be their number one. Yeah. And this in Baltimore with a run game, definitely if Ray Rice gets suspended, you know they might look to throw the ball a little bit more this year. Definitely like Dennis Pitta offsetting coverage, like you said, Steve Smith. And yeah, I I can honestly I can see where you're going with that with the under the radar. Like Torrey Smith uh, has a much better year than we're all kind of anticipating. Yeah. And who knows? It could be as good as wow, Tory Smith finally blows up and then he gets that big contract. So, okay, I like that one. Uh my next guy is Bryce Brown. Uh Bryce Brown is in Buffalo where they have, you know, the electric CJ Spiller, who I just don't know if he'll ever be able to be that true number one running back. 
And I'm honestly, Fred Fred Jackson's 33, and I wait. well, he's 33, but dude just keeps on producing. Oh, I'll give him. He's a specimen, right? I, I I just want to give that guy respect. I mean, because I think for forever we just you write that guy off as on. He's just a he's just a quick injury replacement type guy. You know, he should be on the radar. I mean, God, damn, that guy is great, man, for what he does. You know, for his role and being old, yeah. and he just doesn't go away. You know, Matt. I definitely don't say, well, he's 33 and just throw him right like he's a piece of trash. I mean, I, I'm with you. I give mad props to Fred Jackson. I mean, he's always been doubted, but he's always produced really right. well. Um, but let's face it. The Bills gave a fourth rounder that could turn into a third rounder, which is a high price to pay for a running back these days. And that means I like them. And not only let's not just talk about Spiller's injuries, which he gets, seems to get hurt every year. Right. And Fred Jackson's age, which you can't do anything about. Uh, you can't fi- fight father time. But they're both entering contract years and you know they're going to see what they have in Bryce Brown they didn't pay that for no reason so I think Bryce Brown's going to get the carries and you know in 2012 Bryce Brown averaged 4.9 yards a carry and last year averaged 4.2 yards a carry so um everything I saw to Bryce Brown definitely in in 2012 I really liked everything I saw out of his running game he really uh he really caught me by storm and uh really got my attention and i and when buffalo traded for him i was like wow you know that's a good move by buffalo right um again and you know paying that and definitely be good with third rounder for a running back i mean just look at the running backs that you could be had this year in the oh all, there's a lot of great running so, backs third and fourth round yeah you I know mean, where where would bryce brown go if he came out this year and, and he was drafted in the third round by the bills uh in your dynasty draft second round yeah so i mean look at it look at it at that, at that point and bryce brown could be had for again cheaper than what you're going to get out of him. And, and he's he, only 23. I absolutely. mean, he's young. Like Bryce Brown, one of those guys just so happened to be that I followed since he came out of high school. It was, you know, long story short, he was committed to Miami at one time and bounced around, had a lot of personal issues, couldn't couldn't figure out where the heck he wanted to go to college and bounced around from Tennessee to, to I believe Kansas State. And so he couldn't, he, he couldn't really stick and, and get his personal life, I think, under you know, under wraps. And so he had a lot of red flags coming out of college. And I think that kind of stunted where his growth in the NFL, he was, I don't he might've been undrafted, an undrafted free agent. Where had he just maybe stayed at one place the whole time? I think he would have went a lot higher, would have been committed to by a team uh, and got a lot more carries off the bat. I feel like he's just, he, started his career behind the eight ball and he's slowly showing everybody what he can do. He's got a ton of talented dude is like, was a five-star running back dude was he, he's just starting behind the eight ball, but now that talent is starting to come up to the surface. And you know, with Spiller always nicked, you never know. All it takes is Bryce Brown to show what he can do. And I, I agree. I think Bryce Brown's an under-the-radar guy, and I think if he get, gets a chance, I think Buffalo's kind of put, shown a little bit of commitment to him because they know eventually you know, Fred Jackson's going to be gone. And I think he, he could be the, a running back of the future there. Absolutely. Not only will you get production out of him this year, but I think you might lay in yourself a potential 2015 Right, a, a, like more. a long, yeah, like a long-term guy, you know. Yeah, and he, I mean, with EJ Manuel, they're still, you know, really, I know they got Sammy Watkins, but they're gonna have to rely on the run as well. Right. I mean, Definitely I think the cold winters in Buffalo. Right. I think they're building something there. I mean, whether or not it works out or not, uh, but I think they got some pieces in place where uh, I, I'm sure, you know, if you're a Buffalo fan, you got to be optimistic. Whether or not these guys work out, I mean, I'm not a huge EJ Manuel guy, but 
he certainly could have a good year if, you know, he's still putting it together, you know. So Buffalo might be a team on the rise or they may not be, but they're building something there, whether or not it, yeah, it, and it comes I mean, to you fruition. Got, like I was, this is my Bryce Brown guy, but I'm telling you, everything you just said really got me even more pumped about Bryce Brown. Yeah. And I got him closer now to, as my, up to that Andrew Hawkins kind of category yeah. now that, hey, well, no, it, it, go get him. Yeah, he, he's got the pedigree, you know. His brother's Arthur Brown, who was, a, I believe, a second-round linebacker. It's in the family, you know, the guys. He's good. He just, he was, when he was coming out of college, too, like, he almost, he wanted to go right to the CFL. I believe it was a CFL and just get paid because he didn't even want to go to college. I mean, he just wanted money. You know, those so guys. of a knucklehead. Right. Okay. You know, I'm, hey, as you get older, you know, maybe he matured a little bit. I don't know. I don't follow him that close. I always look out for Bryce Brown, see what he's doing, you know, but I don't see what he's doing Sometimes off that field. Sometimes it takes getting older to realize, right. you know, what you have. And, I mean, let's look at our, our superstar hey. here, LeBron James. LeBron James, James. Home, yeah, man. baby. I knew, I was wondering how long you knew he was coming <laughs> up in this podcast. Yeah, but obviously we're based out of Cleveland, and uh, LBJ coming back to uh, Cleveland for us is uh, it's, it's glorious. I knew it would come up. I, was, I knew. I almost said something <laughs> right off the bat. It's been but. on my mind for a week straight, and right. it's, it's constantly on my mind, and it's, I just want to bring up there. We love you, LBJ. Welcome back. Uh, so yeah, Bryce Brown though. I mean, let's you know, unless LeBron puts on uh, signs with the team, who I think would be a great NFL tight end. Bryce Brown is a great under the radar uh, guy that you should go and try and target again. Be coy about some of these guys, you know, like yeah, they're not much, and try and give up, you know, see what their, the other team needs. But Bryce Brown, I I like, I really like him as under the radar guy. Right, I I totally agree. Who do you got? Who else you got over there? My last guy, I'm just gonna throw it out there, and I hate being, and I'm like an anti Homer sometimes, man. I hate bringing up Browns guys, but I think Hoyer, Brian Hoyer, could be an under the radar guy, especially for this year. Um, I don't know, man. Manziel, this off season's really like rubbing me the wrong way, man. And I think the first four games are going to be uh, very telling how the season's going to unfold. You, you're, the Browns are already talking, want to extend him, you know, sign him long-term. It could be one of those situations with uh, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, like San Diego, having two quarterbacks, you know? Um, the first four games are going to be huge because uh, mm-hmm. if the Browns start off 1-3 and three or 0-4, uh, Hoyer's done and they're going to Manziel, but I, I don't know. I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think Hoyer's going to come in. I think he's going to do really well. And I think he's going to, he's going to put that, uh, proverbial, uh, stiff arm to, uh, Manziel and keep him on the bench. I, I really do. I think Hoyer does start all, I am barring injury. I think barring Hoyer injury, all 16 games. I agree. Um, and- you won't get that analysis nationally just because it, you got to be careful with the national guys because they're not tied in locally. They don't know. I mean, and I'm sure you, everyone out there experiences this with their, with their own team. When you hear analysis uh, from national guys, it's kind of sometimes off base from what you see with your own two eyes. Um, so like, I know a lot of, a lot of time nationally, they're, they're really talking like, Oh, for sure. Manziel's going to be the starter. And I don't think that's the case no. at all here. Locally, the Browns are trying to re-sign them. Um, he showed really well in, in a small, uh, granted it was a small uh, sample size. Um, but I, I, I think the Browns are going to come out a little hot. I think they'll start two and two, but I think he, he will look good. And I think he's going to be the starter for the rest of the way. 
And in fact, even if it doesn't work out in Cleveland, like in terms of, you know, if they do go with Manziel and Hoyer doesn't uh, re-sign, I think he's going to play well enough where he's going to get a shot somewhere else. You're literally taking out my what I was I was ready to piggyback off on you on here. Uh, and this is where I'm going with that as well, where I think Hoyer's going to start all 16 games as well. Um, I think Shanahan's going to – Brown's going to run the ball a lot, which is going to help Hoyer and so make him look better. Uh, Shanahan's going to utilize him. Shanahan, you know, he made Matt Schaub look good. You know, obviously RG3 is good. And he made Matt Schaub look good, Shanahan. And he's going to come in and he's going to really – you know, rely on Hoyer's strength. You know, Hoyer gets rid of the ball extremely fast, very well. He's a smart quarterback. And where you're going with that is this is what this is how I see it playing out. I see Hoyer playing well this year, and you know, I think the Browns are going to do better than most people think. Again, I as a Browns fan, you can call it what you want, but I, I really do. I think their defense is strong. Yeah, really strong. Show. And when I see, this is this is what I see happening, and I'd bet it on it. Hoyer's going to do well. And in 2015, he's going to be the starter of the Houston Texans. I, I could see that. I see. I, that's not far-fetched. Bill O'Brien coached him in New England. There was interest in the offseason that Bill O'Brien would like to get. After they took Manziel, he would have liked to get uh, Hoyer here. And, you know, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but I, that's what I see. Yeah, because the, uh, the, yeah, like you were saying, during, uh, during the draft season, there was a lot of talks that uh, Hoyer could be traded um, to the Texans. And I can definitely, like you said, like that, that scenario is not far-fetched to me. So, um, I mean, especially like real quick, I was just looking at my rankings uh, for dynasty purposes. I don't know if, you know, for the guys out there that maybe just like venturing into dynasty, uh, and if you have, you're looking at your first draft, for example, I'm looking at my rankings. I got Hoyer like ranked 33 amongst quarterbacks. Everyone's going to pick That's uh, a bad job out of you, Mike. Right. I mean, now that I'm looking at it and talking about it, it's like he should be a little bit higher because everyone's going to pick Manziel for the dynasty. But I think yeah, Hoyer's I got, has potential for the cheap under the radar, mm-hmm. a chance long-term to be a starter well, in the league. That's a good example. Last year, at, when we had to have our roster set in one of my other dynasty leagues, I picked Hoyer off the, uh, he was injured, and I saw where this was going. I took Hoyer off the waiver wire. Right. And, some and I put of, him on my roster right before the last game of the season to ensure that I have him on my roster this year. And some, some people might not have as deep a roster as like that we do in our leagues. Maybe their waiver wire is a little bit, you know, is more stacked than ours. Like mm-hmm. ours, we, there's nobody. Um, so, Hoyer, someone to keep out, uh, keep your eye out on for, put them on your watch list. I mean, I like, I know some of the people out there, I don't want to, you know, be ultra home or Browns, 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 but I think that, uh, you know, they got a solid offensive line. They, they should have a really good running game. They're just missing the wide receivers because uh, their defense should be really good. And I think Hoyer's going to, uh, I think he's going to play all 16 games and parlay that into a starting job yeah, in 2015. Backup, too. Running, you're, I mean, quarterback and your quarterback depth is low. Uh, Hoyer could be probably had for nothing. Yeah, for uh, nothing. A, a throwing. He could be a throwing really think guy. He's going to finish out the year. So, um, I, I like that point of Hoyer. And you know that those are our guys. Those are underrated guys. I have one more guy. I don't want to go into detail about because there's not a lot to go into detail for. It's a guy that I really liked coming out of college that I drafted. I actually traded a lot up to get him uh, two years ago. But uh, Jaron Kreiner in Oakland. He's six three, two twenty one. Oak, you know, besides James Jones, their receiving situations in a flux, and you know, he's his, in his third year. He, last year he finished on the IR with his shoulder injury, but I'll tell you this much: he they recalled he was 
he was called the star of OTAs, and he he really shined in the OTAs, and he is he's somebody that I think in his third year could take a big step forward, and he actually comes out in his third year, and I think he could be you know I know there's Rod Streeter out there, right. and Darius Moore. I mean they got a lot of guys like just guys, they you know, do. right? But Jerron Kreiner, if he if you have room on your roster, he is worth a stash now just to see as like the last guy now and, and i would say this if he doesn't open a year as at least a third wide receiver then cut bait but he's somebody i'm just saying under the really deep under the radar jerron kreiner wide receiver oakland keep your eye on him during uh training camp training camp 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 and the preseason something that beat out both those guys and start along james jones and uh you know, when they actually get a quarterback situation, again, he's a younger guy, he can do well in the NFL. Hey, if you say it, I'll believe it. I've, this is someone I've never really followed or paid too much attention to. So, hey, if you're giving your endorsement to him, you know, I'll definitely be on the lookout. Um, you know, I think that's good analysis. Maybe someone, hey, if, he, if he's not the number three, you know, cut bait or whatever. But Oakland just has a, a bunch of wide receivers, no real good ones. Exactly. So, hey, if you say he could be good. Either. Right. So... Yeah, Jerron Kreiner, guys. Keep him on your radar. If he's not on your roster, keep him under the radar. I mean, keep him on your radar and just follow him. And those are our guys. Hopefully those are guys that you want to go out there now and try and get, if you can, for cheap. Um, if if you can. If not, if they're free agents, keep your eyes on them or at least pick them up and get them on your team. Um, and obviously, I'm a, I'm actually about to, this weekend, write about some buy, a buy low article that will be up on the site probably about Tuesday. And you will see some of these guys' names on there. So check them out. Check out DynastyNerds.com. And um, and just to give you a heads up on my, uh, I'll be writing on pr- pretty much for the most of the season, I'll be giving you uh, co- the college analysis, guys to look at, uh, you know, guys to watch out for during the college season for, for your rookie drafts. In 2015, I'm more of a college guy. I love it. I love, uh, you know, the, the young guys and you know, the draft and it's stuff never like that. You, you got to know that. Yeah. The more out of the game you are, the better. Right. And, you know, things change a lot, too, um, during the season. So guys that might look good at the very beginning might not pan out. But it's always fun to have guys to at least recognize or know a little bit about when you turn on those games on ESPN. And I will vouch for Mike. He has uh, really put me on and helped me along my for the last 12 years, uh, putting me guy on, on the guys early and having me keep my eye on them. That helps me out later down the road. So uh, definitely get on my favorite fantasy football website, DynastyNerds.com. Yeah, it happens to be my fa- favorite uh, fantasy football website, uh, too. So Yeah, trade. we do. Uh, you uh, know, if you have any questions about any of these guys that we're talking about or any other guys that you have questions about, you feel free to hit me up on Twitter, at DynastyRich. I'm at uh, DynastyNerdMike, and it's the, cal- uh, the calm before the storm, man. It's a little bit quiet right now, but that's the football season's, like, right around the corner, and it's going to pick up. So be on the lookout, everybody. So. Yep. And we update daily. So check us out at DynastyNerds.com. And we will be talking to you next week uh, with uh, at Dynasty Matt. We'll be back from his luxurious Ooh, vacation can't as wait. Well. I want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Nice and tan. So yeah. until then, guys, you enjoy your week. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.